turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. accepted the commandments I've rejected to pursue my selfish
there are two laws the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life I am so desperately concerned I am concerned for America America is under the law of sin and death and judgment is coming judgment is at the door total destruction of America our cities will burn Washington DC New York City Chicago LA Miami Las Vegas our cities will burn God is going to bring such harsh judgment upon this nation because we have so destroyed what he has so graciously given to us every unclean thing is being practiced in this nation homosexuality is being lifted up as normal transgenderism is lifted up as normal in fact to be favored drugs alcohol illicit sex selfishness adultery fornication pornography this nation when I was a child knew almost nothing of these things but today they're the desire of the hearts of many in America I come today to be absolutely unvarnished raw and real if you participate in the things of the flesh the world and the devil the law of sin and death will execute you and you will be cast into the flames now don't pretend that you're saved because you say I love Jesus and because I'm covered by his grace that's a lie the grace of God does not cover your sin that is the great delusion spoken of in the scriptures that would come at the last day read Jude read Revelation read the book of Romans it all from beginning to end and all the testimony of Jesus said that sinners who continue in their way will be destroyed I cannot say this clearly enough to you today there is a way that seems right unto a man and it leads to death there are two laws the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life now I shared with you chapter 6 of the book of Romans chapter 6 talks about do I go on sinning after I've come to know about Jesus and chapter 6 says absolutely no unequivocally no you must become a new person in Christ Jesus 
I shared with you yesterday in Galatians 2, 17 to 21. It's very clear. If while we seek to be made righteous in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. We must let the law put us to death. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, I have denied myself. I have taken up my cross. And I have made that final, absolute commitment to belong to Jesus Christ. Not to give myself to the works of darkness. Not to give myself to pornography or alcohol or tobacco or the sports or the entertainment of the world. Not to give myself not to prostitute myself, but to walk clean, washed in the blood, not to walk in anger and bitterness and hostility, in strife and disagreement, to walk in Jesus Christ with a humble heart. Chapter 7, I shared with you yesterday, This chapter 7 speaks about, So my brothers, you also died to the law, through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our body so that we bore fruit for death, Are you bearing fruit for death or for life today? Are you casually walking through this life thinking, I have it made? You don't. He says, but now by dying to what once bound us, we've been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So the gospel is a call to come out from under the law. But every man who walks in sin, every woman who walks in sin, walks under the law. And the law will put you to death. The only way of escape is to die to that old nature, to that sin, and be brought into the fullness of who Jesus Christ is. And so I come today and I say the most important message you can hear today from any man is repent. For the destruction of the Lord is coming. The judgment of the Lord is coming on America. We are a very short time from total catastrophic death, loss, And as you're wounded and broken, trying to escape the city that's just been bombed, as the atomic bomb has gone off, it has stripped the skin off people, it has burned others to a crisp, 
but others were underground in the metro or in some other place. And now they're walking out of the city with just what they have on. Wounded, broken, saying, how could this happen in America? I thought we were the most powerful nation in the world. Oh, we are the most powerful, but God's hand of judgment's coming upon us. And the call to repent, it's right now to you. To leave your casualness, to leave your compromise, to leave every action of sin, to leave the old ways and the old habits, and to search after Jesus Christ. He alone is the way of salvation. He alone can deliver and save you. We're facing starvation. We're facing pestilence. We're facing weapons of mass destruction. And we are going to see thousands upon thousands of people slain in the streets, bodies stacked up like cordwood on the streets because there's no place to take them and no place to bury them and nobody to do it. And the disease and the filth and the stench, you will say, how did this happen? It happened because of your sin and the sin of this nation. I want to share in review two passages of Scripture. I want to first go to that very familiar passage in John the 15th chapter. I want to share with you verse 4. Abide, remain in me. That's a locative. That's location. Your location is to be in Jesus, not in alcohol or tobacco or entertainment. It's not to be in your work, in money. Your place must be in Jesus. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Have you borne much fruit? Have you won even one person to Jesus this year? How about last year? Do you have people you're making disciples of for Jesus? If not, you're not bearing fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit, it's because you're not in Jesus. You might be in the church. You might be in theology. You might be in fellowship with others, but you are not in Jesus. He says, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. This is Jesus speaking. If you don't have Jesus in you, and if you are not in him, 
You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Then such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You show that you are a disciple of Jesus by the fruit you bear in your life. First, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness. And then secondly, by being productive for the kingdom of God and winning the lost, we were called to be fishers of men and women. Have you caught any? Now, in John 17, we find Jesus praying. And in this prayer, he prays, I am coming to you now, for I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Jesus wants us to have full, full joy. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them. In other words, make them totally holy by the truth, and your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So the Christian is sent into the world in the same way Jesus was sent into the world to accomplish the work of the gospel, to bear fruit. But today the church is so apostate. Yes, can I say that again? The church in America has become an apostate church. It walks in the ways of darkness. It desires entertainment from the world. It is more of a business than it is the body of Christ. And the presence of Christ has left many churches in America. Not all. Praise God, not all. But many churches are devoid of the Spirit. They are like dry bones. And then they hide that emptiness with worldly music, with plays, concerts, big-name speakers, apostate, utterly devoid of the truth. God is about to judge America. I know this is not pleasing for you to hear, and probably a whole lot of you have already turned the radio off. But I am not going to have your blood on my hands. The warning in Ezekiel is that if I, as a watchman, speak the truth, and you don't heed that truth, and you face judgment and enter into the grave, your blood is not on my hands. But if I don't give you a warning, then I'm responsible for your blood. I will not be responsible for your blood. 
you must turn now to Jesus and repent and get clean, be washed by the blood and walk in holiness before him, not walking in any known rebellion or sin, walking clean before Jesus. Now with that as backdrop, I want to take you now to Romans, the 8th chapter. I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. We are going to walk slowly through this book. Therefore, what does he mean, therefore? Well, in verse 24 of chapter 7, he said, What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? That's the cry of every person who is convicted of their sin and recognize that they've been walking in rebellion and wickedness before a holy and mighty God. When you face the reality that there is nothing good that dwells in you, chapter 7 is really mostly about people who call themselves Jewish, or I would say people who call themselves Christians, but they still walk under the law, the law of sin and death. They have not been delivered. And the judgment of God is about to fall upon them. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. That is, there is no judgment against those who are in Christ Jesus. Now please understand you are either in the world in the devil even though you may be very religious you are either in the devil and in rebellion against the most high God walking in your own ways caught in your own wickedness caught in your own alcohol caught in your own illicit sex, caught in adultery, caught in pride and anger and bitterness, dissensions. You're either caught in these things under the law of sin and death, or you are in Jesus Christ and these things have been washed away. And you now walk with no judgment of God against you because you are no longer walking under the law. You are washed and clean. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Many say that chapter 7 is describing Paul's relationship to Jesus as he walks in sin as a Christian. That's a total con job. Anyone who believes or teaches that has either totally misunderstood what the gospel message is or they are deliberately lying to deceive you and walk in the traditions of man. There is no judgment against you if you are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life has come into action in your life. You have repented. You have confessed in detail 
You have turned aside from your wickedness, and you have made the commitment to Jesus to belong to him totally, completely. You have turned your back on the world, and you now follow Jesus, and you serve the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You serve the master Jesus. With your time, your energy, your money, everything about your life is focused on the family business of saving sinners. You know, I'm part of a family. Alexandra and I live together as husband and wife because we're married. And that means for me that we together must be totally given to the work of the gospel because that is what my family is about. There's no room in my family for anything but the total work for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm called to. And so I have to carefully gauge the use of money and time and energy to be certain that everything in my life is to build the family enterprise, which is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now that must be true for each one of you. That must be the heart cry of every man and every woman who has Jesus Christ dwelling in him or in her. They no longer are casual about their life or their money, their agenda, where they go, what they say. Everything is now given over to the family enterprise, which is the salvation. It's a fishing business the salvation of the lost. That's our business. Now, in addition to that, I belong to a family called the church. And the church, again, must not be about bringing sinners into the church. It must be about converting sinners and bringing righteous men and women into the church. It must be about the fishing business. And here we all gather and each one comes, as in my family, and gives what they have to give in the way of direction by the Spirit for the building up of the body of Jesus Christ. And then above the church is the whole worldwide body of Jesus Christ where all of us are engaged in this incredible enterprise of winning the lost, converting the lost, calling men and women to give up their lives, to be crucified with Jesus Christ, to become a part of the salvation family, the kingdom of God. That is the total assignment. Now, it takes money to run a family. I'm not on salary. Haven't been for many years. But I trust Jesus. He said to me, will you receive from my hand only what I choose to give you? And I said, yes, Lord. And so he sends me the resources in many different ways. 
for food and shelter, for transportation, for clothing. Remember, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things that the pagans run after will be added unto you. So I don't walk like a pagan today. Do I have needs? Yes. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but yes, I have very real needs. What am I doing about those needs? Well, I'm not going out and getting a side job. I'm coming to Jesus and I'm saying, Lord, you said if I would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that these things would be given to me. Now, some of you are not assigned as pastors. Some of you are assigned at the government. Some of you are assigned in construction and business. Some of you are mechanics. Whatever you do, that is the place where Jesus has assigned you a place of ministry. And through that place, he brings you the necessary funds in order to pay for housing and clothing and transportation. But your assignment is in that place to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Oh, pastor, I'd lose my job if I witnessed for Jesus. Do you think you're going to get through this without being persecuted? What, What dream world are you living in? Our assignment is not to be secure and make money. Our assignment is to serve Jesus Christ. To announce the call to repent. Jesus came preaching repent. John the Baptist came preaching repent. Peter came preaching repent. Paul came preaching repent. They all came preaching the same thing, repent. For the judgment of God is upon us. Your assignment is to preach repentance in that government office, in that mechanic shop, on that construction site. These people must be saved from hell before judgment comes. We must be fishers of men and women, fishers of boys and girls, and call them to be a part of the great enterprise of the gospel kingdom of Jesus Christ. He's the head. He's the boss. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So I no longer walk under the law of sin and death. It has no longer any control over me. I'm under the control of the Holy Spirit, and I'm I'm called to be made righteous in every respect, to walk clean before God. He says, For what the law is powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful men to be a sin offering. My 
telling you that you're to stop that adulterous relationship is not going to stop you. By telling you to stop using pot, to lay aside your your drugs of choice, whether it be pharmaceuticals or cocaine, heroin, television, entertainment, lust, whatever your drug of choice is, you're not going to stop because I tell you to stop. If you stop, it's going to be because you suddenly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to see that you are headed to hell and you must make a change. I know that some of you listening to this broadcast today, listen very carefully. Some of you listening to this broadcast today are sick and tired of your sin. You're saying, I know I must surrender, but it seems like I can't surrender. Well, mister, can I tell you? Miss, Mrs., can I tell you? You can't surrender, but you can confess what's in your heart. And you can repent and say, Lord, by your grace and by your power, I'm going to turn away from this. I don't have the strength to do it, but oh, Jesus, by your blood, I do it. Jesus, put me to death. Put this wickedness to death on the cross. I leave it now in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to go back. And God will come by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the blood of Jesus, he will come and wash you. He will make you clean. He will change and transform your life. It says, for what the law was powerless to do, what you are powerless to do under the law, because you're weakened by your sinful nature. It says, God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. I want you to hear this and be very clear. Jesus came not to offer an atonement, but to be an atonement. He came to die and by so doing to create a bridge of escape into another world called the kingdom of God that is now among us. It's a transformation in the inner part of your heart. He condemned sin when he came and died on the cross. He condemned all sin. Can I say that again? 
when Jesus came and died on the cross, the scriptures, the NIV says, he condemned sin in sinful man, meaning that everything that is unclean in your life or in your heart has been utterly condemned by Jesus and can now be utterly removed from your life and you can be made whole. So that the righteous requirements of the law can be fully met in you. In other words, not because the law says so, but because the sin was condemned in your heart and in your life. And now, if you choose, you have the power by the blood of Jesus, by the atoning blood of Jesus, you now have the power to no longer live according to your sinful nature, but instead to live according to the Spirit. Now, for some of you, it's simply not going to work. Let me tell you why. You have something in your life that causes you pain, and you want to get rid of it. But you don't want to give up your life. You just want your life tweaked so that it's a little better and a little more comfortable, but you're not prepared to be crucified with Christ. Am I right? Do you hear me? You want your life to continue as it is now, but you just want a job change. You just want your wife or your husband to change. You want your children to change. You want your son to change. And you're asking God, will you do this? It's not how it works. He wants a total laying down of your life, a total giving up of your life, and you joining the enterprise of the kingdom of God where you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because righteousness leads to holiness. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. The only way to get to holiness is by innocent actions on your part. You have to change what you're doing. And you can do that under the power of the blood of Jesus. Those who live according to the sinful nature, this is Romans 8, verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Now let's go back and look carefully at this. Those who live in accord with their sinful nature, the sinful desires. Do we need to identify those again? Lust. Uncleanness homosexuality, fornication, pornography, 
bitterness, anger, selfishness, disputes and dissensions, pride, arrogance, ambition. Those who walk in this way have their minds set on what pleases the sinful nature. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, in other words, those who have been crucified with Christ, who have given up their life to join the enterprise of the kingdom of God, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now, let me say something that may be shocking to you, but please hear me. A sinful mind is hostile to God. That's verse 7, chapter 8, verse 7. A sinful mind is hostile to God. What do I mean? Let's make it very, very plain. If you walk in any known sin before God, there is yet buried in your inner being a hatred toward God. You have enmity, you have hatred, you have hostility toward God, toward his righteousness, toward his way. One of the things that's necessary is for us to get clean about this issue and take responsibility for the hatred we have toward God. Some of you carry much hatred in your heart against a husband or a wife, against an enemy, someone who has cheated you out of money. Some of you have a great deal of hatred in your heart for your mother or your father. You feel they were unfair to you. And that hatred then begins to spill out finally toward God himself, toward Jesus. I've seen many times a man and woman get married only to have the woman or the man begin to hate the spouse they're married to, enter into deep conflict. Why? Because the hatred that resided in their heart toward their mother or father is now simply transferred and the hate goes to the wife or to the husband. Anger will destroy your heart. It will destroy your being. It's very clear the sinful mind hates God. Now you may say, no, I don't hate God. Are you kidding me, Pastor? What are you talking about? If you're walking in known sin and rebellion against the Most High and you've covered it over with make-believe grace, deep in your heart, underneath that sin, you will find a deep hatred for God a disrespect for God. You will find a heart that will not submit to God and it can't submit because that hatred is so deep-rooted. You may be very religious and you may even preach 
You may be a pastor or a teacher, but you're walking in known sin. You have secret sins in your heart, lust in your mind, alcohol, whatever the sin happens to be. But underneath that sin, you will find a deep hatred for God if you go searching for it. You see, those controlled by the sinful nature, they cannot please God. So if there is hatred in your heart toward God, you're controlled by your sinful nature. And you can't please God. And you cannot be saved until you confess your hatred toward God. And you repent. This becomes very blatant and very open in the book of Revelation where the Lord will send judgments upon the earth and the people upon whom the judgments fall. The scriptures say, curse God. They curse him. They're so angry about the judgments of God that they just curse him. They don't repent. They curse him. Why? Because they hate him. Everything of the natural man hates God. The natural man took their place in the kingdom of darkness. A house divided cannot stand. Either you're going to hate the things of darkness and love the things of Jesus or vice versa. You can pretend. You can fit into some comfortable little niche in the church. But in your heart, if you harbor sin, you harbor hatred to God. And that hatred is an indicator that you have not been born from above. You are still a sinner. Verse 9, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. In other words, everything about this world and that body die. And now you live in Jesus Christ, filled to the fullness of his presence, filled with his glory. If Christ is in you, your body's dead. Here's the problem. The American church is apostate because it does not belong to Christ. It is an entertainment center. It is a counseling center. It is a humanistic center. But there's no word of repentance. No tears for sin. No confession of guilt. No change of behavior year after year after year. 
business is good. The pastor's getting well paid. Everybody enjoys all of the social life of the church, the church calendar and the decorations, and everybody's enjoying everything. But a hatred for God is in their hearts. And anyone who would dare suggest that they must leave their sin and walk clean before God, they will cast out in a moment. They will not tolerate it. It does not fit their agenda. After all, they're building a church. They're not building the kingdom of God. They're building a church that is devoid of the Holy Spirit. And if you confront them with their sin, they will become enraged and hostile and throw you out. That's why God's judgment is going to come on the church. God's judgment is coming because it's not his church anymore. It's the devil's church. It's apostate. The lamp has been removed from them. This is so painful to say. Oh, my brother, my sister, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? In the end, what are you going to do? Will you be washed and clean and building the kingdom of God and being fruitful for the kingdom of God? Or will you be entrenched in an apostate worldly place, deceived, thinking you're saved while you're lost? Almighty God, I have given a very straight word that you have commanded me to give. Their blood will now be upon their hands if they reject. Lord Jesus, I plead your blood today for your church. I ask that you would lift up a standard of righteousness for the American church, that you would send revival. We don't deserve it, but we will die without it. Lord, come quickly. In your name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. If the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart and you want to be a part of supplying the need for this radio broadcast, could I hear from you? You can go on the internet to nationalprayerchapel.com and give online. No one's done that for at least a week or so. You can also write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, if you'd like to be a part of a small body of Christians who are very serious about this walk, 
who are praying for one another, who are encouraging one another, who are lifting one another up, I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel this Sunday. Let me give you a phone number. Call this number. I'll answer or leave a message for me. I'll call you back. Call 703-489-1785. Call and I'll give you directions so you can come. Our service is from 10 a.m. until noon. 703-489-1785. My brother, my sister, we're going to continue this study of Romans, the 8th chapter. I pray today the Holy Spirit has moved in your heart that you have not rejected this word. God loves you. Jesus loves you. They want to dwell in you. I love you too. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of